Material in this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this podcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is for customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. Security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and an investment advisor with over 20 years' experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I have an MBA in finance and also a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro. And Steve, yeah, we're both Dave, are, man. We're both Dave Marion, well, high five here, right. pros, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, we're 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 liking our new status. Absolutely, this so, is a good time. So a lot of a lot of ways to get in touch with us. There is a lot of ways to get in touch with us. Yeah, first of all, though, we're excited to have you listen to our weekly show today. We are exclusively on podcast now. Every week, we're up on Friday afternoon, so you don't have to wait till Saturday to listen to us. Um, lots of changes here, but I think it's going to be good, John. It's good. forced us to, to move ahead into the uh, technology, technology yeah. world you like know, of being like on podcasts. Yeah, you can also go to our website, moneymd.net, and we do have a link to the podcast, Steve. We get a lot of great feedback. Um, you know, you can click on that, and we have all the podcasts historically. We have them actually broken down into different categories. So, again, uh, you know, this is going to be a great way to keep up with the Money Doctors going forward. That's right. So we'll be up every Friday afternoon. Do check us on our website, moneymd.net, where you can link to us there. You can ask us your questions, listen to the previous shows, of course, as John mentioned on our podcast. And you can reach us directly by email as well at info at moneymd.net. Well, John, I think we have an exciting show uh, lined up for today. We're talking, again, about investments. You know, that's been the hot topic that's been going on here this summer, this year, there's yeah, been a lot year. of volatility, a lot of questions about investments in the markets and where things are headed and what should people do. So we've been kind of focused on that recently. And we're going to start off with a topic about the 10 excuses for terrible investment decisions. Mm, these are good. These are good. I mean, people make excuses for, for just doing what they want to do emotionally. And we all fall into that trap as human beings, and you know there's some there's some big traps you can fall into. There's some trouble you can fall into here. So we got the ten excuses you want to avoid with investments. Yeah, we're also going to follow that up with an article. Um, again, kind of an investing thing, but Steve, as you mentioned, the, the year has been been rocky. Not only did we have the worst start to the stock market ever in January, but then we had the Brexit issue back in June. And, you know, the, the data shows us and what we preach and, and uh, taking a look at is patience um, pays off historically when you when you talk about uncertain times. So we're going to dive into that topic, show you, share some data with you as well, and uh, just get you focused on the long term because there will always be these blips in the market. This is the way the markets work. That's exactly right. Noise, what we call it, mm-hmm. right? Okay, but we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, I've got a uh, not-so-positive financial fact here, oh, Steve. Oh, no, here we go. Yeah, sorry. This is uh, not really financially related, but I guess it could be. We'll, we'll tie it into finances. This comes from the American Journal of Preventative Me- uh, Medicine. And in 2015, 28% of U.S. adults at least age 20 are obese. 
28%. That's a polite way of saying Ouch, that's not nice. <laughs> they're, they're calling us fat. That's, that's right. A body mass index reading of at least 30. And, you know, back in 1980, um, there was only 15% of adults that were classified as obese. So, you know, 13% more. It's almost almost yeah, double. Yeah, 28%. Wow. And that's those are folks that are just age 20 or higher. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure these numbers would be worse if they looked, they looked at like 40-year-olds, people our age. Sure. So. It's unfortunate, but yeah, I mean, us as Americans, we're we're all putting on a little weight here. Um, yeah, I guess the food is too good, and um, you know, yeah, just not I enough exercise. I think our busy lifestyle mm-hmm. too. I mean, it seems like life has gotten more busy. So you know, I guess the moral of this story is you need to make time for yourself to take care of yourself, keep yourself healthy. Even if it means you forego some of the busy things in life, you can't serve on every committee, go yeah, to every meeting, right? That's right. You know, I think one of the contributions to this is. DVR. Oh, yeah. Because now you can just zip through the commercials. Before a commercial exactly. happened, you got up, you walked around and so forth during football season. There you go. You know what I'm saying? There you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> doggone it. Technology, Technology again is hurting, has, is hurting us. You know, you know, but you, I love DVR. Even, I do too. Boy, I love just zipping through. You know, I watch golf, as you know, a lot of times, and I'll just. I'll just I'll record it. I always want to be at least thirty minutes behind so I can I can just thirty hit the thirty second button, you know, about four times mm-hmm. to get through the commercials. Amen. So that is sweet. Okay, well that leads up to our first topic here, and that is the ten excuses for terrible investment decisions. Um yeah, this is comes from an article out of DFA, fun group that we we are partial to. Jim Parker, it's a great, great article and you know, as human beings, I mean, we do have this astounding facility for self-deception when it comes to our own money. I mean, we tend to rationalize our fears, you know, instead of just recognizing how we feel and reflecting on our thoughts that that, that creates, we tend to cut out the middleman. And we construct this facade of logical-sounding arguments, you know, over this vague feeling. And these arguments often, you know, lead to... um us to make bad behavior just mm-hmm. justifies bad behavior that runs counter to our long-term interests. So, John, I mean, we've seen this time and again when the markets get a little scary, right? Um, we'll get a call from someone wanting to go to cash because, you know, maybe the elections, mm-hmm. you know, that's been a popular topic mm-hmm. here, or, or maybe Brexit. the Brexit vote. <clears throat> um, yeah, just, you know, things just get a little scary. Maybe it was the budget battle in Washington back, you know, years ago. There's always something. There's always something. That's the point, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, people just want to, um, they want to react to their emotions. Um, Sometimes people want to get more aggressive, thinking the market's heating up, you know, and then we'll get people who want to take out huge chunks of money that they can't afford maybe to help their kids continue to be irresponsible or or maybe buy a car they really can't afford or something like that. Um, you know, we've seen about all of these results of these emotions over the past 20 years. But so here are the top 10 excuses, though, that people give for justifying their their emotions um, and making bad decisions with their investments. Number one here is I just want to wait till things become clearer. <laughs> How many times have you heard oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Everything's going to be perfect, you know, yeah. right around the corner. I just want to sit on the sidelines here until yeah. that crystal ball really, really yeah. clears up for us. Yeah, I hear this all the time. It's understandable to want to feel unnerved by the volatility and and the, the silly bickering that goes on in Washington these days. But waiting for the volatility to clear up before investing, you know, that can result in you missing out on some of the best returns of the market. 
I mean, the stock market is a leading economic indicator. So that means that it moves up or down before the economy. So that means that if you're you're not likely to feel better about things until after the market has already moved a lot higher, you know, and that's going to cause you to miss out on the great period. So mm-hmm. you you got to invest in the times when you feel <clears throat> terrible about the market mm-hmm. and the times when you feel good because you never know when the next upturn is. And when it comes out of one of these scary times, it usually moves pretty fast. Well, think about Brexit. They had that's two right. days of down, you know, six to ten percent and. Then it recovered very, very quickly after that. Exactly, yeah. So that's that's the point. Yeah, so that's good, number one. Number two here on the list is I just can't take the risk anymore. And, you know, Steve, by focusing exclusively on the risk of losing money and paying a premium for safety, we can end up with insufficient funds for retirement. So avoiding risk can also mean missing the upside, which we were just kind of alluding to. So you need to be realistic about what return you can expect, what risk level you need to accomplish your long-term goals. And most people don't enjoy taking risks, but, you know, a certain level is uh, necessary to achieve uh, your goals. So, you know, there's a balance here. You've got to have the right risk level. Yeah, that's exactly right. You definitely have to pay attention to risk. Um, You know, number three here on the list is I want to live for today. You know, tomorrow can look after itself. I don't often hear people say that, but people think that just by the way they act. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, they're they're like, you know, they want to satisfy their needs today or their wants today. I mean, often that's used to justify kind of the reckless purchase. You know, um, it, it's not an either or, though. I mean, you can live for today and you can mind your savings. So you simply need a budget that factors in your long-term plans along with having some fun today and then stick to it. So you can you can plan some fun in there, you know, and you can you can do both. And mm-hmm. that's that's the point here. So that's a good one. Next one here on the list, number 4 is I don't care about growth, I just need income. Yeah, I mean that's another one we hear occasionally. Income is fine, but making income your sole focus can lead you to a dangerous road. Just ask anyone who recently invested in, you know, collateralized debt or Obligations. Remember mm-hmm. that back in mm-hmm. 2008, um, we had the financial crisis. So you don't want to invest in things that just produce income. There are lots of different types of risk. So you need to diversify beyond just high dividend paying investments, including bonds or junk bonds, as they're they're you know really called. Mm-hmm. Um, you can create income from capital gains or dividends. It really doesn't matter. Um, in fact, there there are there are positive tax treatment to long-term capital gains. So you really want to diversify and not worry about where the income comes from. Uh, most people, they need some growth also to keep mm-hmm. up with inflation That's over time. Right. That's a good one. That's a good one. Number five here on the list is I want to get some of these losses back. I've heard that so many times. And it's human nature to emotionally uh, be attached to past bets, even the losing ones. But, you know, as the song says, you have to know when to fold them. So uh, don't double down on a poor decision from the past. Instead, learn from those mistakes and incorporate better diversification and discipline going forward. So, you know, that's I, I have heard that one quite a few times. Yes, I definitely have as well. All right, next one here on the list is, but this stock or mutual fund or strategy has been really good to me. China's done really well. I hear that all the time about stocks. People own their company stock, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, but this stock has been fantastic. You know, I can't sell that. It's never going to go down. It's never going to go down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all have a tendency to want to hold on to our winners too long. But without a disciplined rebalancing strategy, your portfolio can end up carrying much more risk than you bargained for. 
And just because your employer stock might have done well in the past 20 years doesn't mean that it's not dangerous going forward to hold an undiversified portfolio. So regardless of how an investment has done in the past, measure it against a prudently diversified strategy going forward and make the necessary changes. You know, I mean, back in 2000, um, during the tech bubble, mm-hmm. I had a client um, who wanted to put all his money in tech stocks. Because, you know, we had had this huge run-up. Oh, yeah, every year. In, 1999, in I think tech stocks made like, the, the NASDAQ gained like 79%. <laughs> it was an unbelievable rise. That's going to repeat, right? Yeah, and this guy was uh, actually a plant manager. I mean, he was a smart guy, well-educated, mm-hmm. new business. So he, he pulled his money out and put all his money in QQQ, which mm-hmm. was the ETF for yeah, the NASDAQ stock, index. Yeah. And that index lost over 70% over the next two years. Mm. Then he pretty much lost it all. And, you know, I talked to him after that. He was devastated. But he just could not get over the fact it was like it was a new economy. And he was just chasing yesterday's returns and not being diversified. So you can't fall into that trap. So that's a really good one. All right, next one here on the list is, but the newspaper said such and such. You know, I, I read it in the newspaper, <laughs> oh, yeah, John. Yeah. You know, everything you Jim read Kramer. in the newspaper. And Jim Kramer, too. Jim Kramer yeah. and the media. Everything you hear in the media is true, right? Yeah, right, right. Right, right. That's yeah, what they say. Not, not the case, yeah. So, yeah, investing by the headlines, that's like dressing based on yesterday's weather report. I mean, the news might be accurate, but the market has already factored all that information from yesterday's news into the price and moving on, you know, to worrying about something else. So don't focus on yesterday's news when it comes to investing. It's only new information that's likely to affect the market and your investments going forward. So yeah, that's a, that's another good one there. And here's one I love. You know, the guy at the bar said to buy this, or maybe my uncle. Yeah, tip. Right. A tip yeah. from a you know yeah. guy in the know, right? Right. Right. The sure. world is full of experts, many who recycle the stuff they've heard elsewhere. But you know, even if their tips are right, this kind of advice rarely takes your circumstances into account. So you know, be careful. Public info is factored already into the price of the stock almost immediately when it comes out. It's only non-public information that is valuable for pricing a stock going forward. And bad news for you guys, you know, this it's illegal to trade on insider info. So tips are useful, so forget it. Don't trade and make decisions based on tips from people. That's right. Tips are absolutely useless. I mean, that's just somebody's gut feel and something they heard, and there's usually no basis behind those tips, so please ignore those. Yeah, the the number nine here on the list is, I just want certainty. (laughs) Hey, don't we all? Yeah. I mean, man, you know, wouldn't we like to have certainty? There's always uncertainty in the stock markets, but yeah, waiting on confidence in your investments is fine. Wanting confidence, but but certainty, I mean, you could spend a lot of money trying to insure yourself against every possible outcome. It's just not possible. I mean, just look at the yield of CDs today. You know, while you can't guard against every risk or possible outcome, it's cheaper to simply diversify your investments and assume a reasonable amount of risk. So understand the amount of risk you have and diversify, but don't try to guard against every possible outcome. It's just impossible. Just impossible. All right, next one here is, last one is, I'm too busy to think about this. Yeah, I mean, we often try to control things we can't change, like the market and the media noise and neglect areas where our actions can really make a difference, um, like the cost of your investments. Now, that's worth the effort to look into 
you know. So stop putting off the important financial decisions. Make it a priority to plan your future. Focus on the things that where you can make a difference and let the markets do what markets do, you know. Don't worry about the market gyrations. Um, focus on what you can affect. So most people, they need some accountability and some help to avoid the emotional decisions justified by these common excuses. So get some help. You know, if you're like most people and you need to kind of restrain your emotions, given how easy it is to pull your the wool over your own eyes or our own, or our, our own eyes, I mean, it can pay to seek some independent advice from somebody who understands your needs and circumstances and who, you know, holds you to the promises that you made to yourself in your most lucid moments. So, um, yeah, do the no more excuses strategy. Yeah, that's right. And, and uh, that's part of the value we add to our clients is just keeping them focused on that long-term plan. We understand the markets historically very well and it doesn't help predict the future, but there are patterns and trends that you can, you can see and you can, you know, help make decisions going forward. So that's a great, great topic. Exactly. Okay. Well, that brings us up here to our question of the week. And this question comes from a, a client and sent this to us uh, via email. And he said, um, he said, what's up with the doomsday advertisements I'm hearing on Rush Limbaugh, Glenn Beck? He said, they want me to buy physical gold, silver, and emergency food. Should I be doing that? What is what is your stance on all of this? And, man, those commercials just drive me bonkers. Me they really too. do. I mean, it just makes me crazy. They, um, they, they sell fear is what they're doing. And if you look historically at gold and silver and precious metals, I mean, they, they can be um, an insurance policy against catastrophic events but their volatility steve is is extremely high and their returns have not been that great i was had a question from a client uh, recently on gold and so went and did some research on it volatility is very high returns are just average so that's right and not even i mean if you go back and look 40 years you know gold has at least the studies i've seen they've, they've returned like half of what the stock market's returned so you know historically gold and silver precious metals do not keep up with the stock market I mean, you need to be, you know, diversified, and you don't want to own a whole bunch of anything. You yeah, want to be spread out. I mean, if you have a whole bunch of gold, I mean, and the economy collapses, are you going to be able to use that? I mean, I, I, I don't think so. I think ammunition, you know, guns are, are going to be the, the, the wave if you have, you know, a, a world, you know, event. So I just wouldn't. I wouldn't pay attention to that. You can have a little bit of gold in your portfolio, but don't overdo it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a great question, though. We get that quite a bit. Okay, that leads us up here to our next topic, and that is um, patience can pay off if you stay the course in these uncertain times. Again, talking about investments yep. and having discipline, right? <clears throat> yeah, really. This comes from American Funds. Really good, timely uh, topic here. And, you know, Steve, we talked about the, the, the year got off to a rocky start. By February the 11th of this year, the S&P 500 index had dropped more than 10%. Um, so that was a correction, yep. as they talk about it. And there are some other indexes that dropped 15% plus. So, um, you know, it was one of the worst starts to the year. And the headlines showed that in the first week that the markets opened up, it was very difficult. However, by mid-March, investors who held on to, to see their investments come back to positive territory. So what if you invested some during January and February when it was down? It turned out to be a pretty pretty good investment, and <clears throat> I think most people notice the drastic dip. And you know, so we're going to look at that a little bit. The other thing I'll mention, Steve, is Brexit happened uh, June the 23rd and the 27th, those two days, and people that stayed invested were again rewarded. So we're going to kind of dive into this a little bit and share some of the details with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is unnerving. I mean, to see the stock market decline as vigorously as it did. 
Um, when you think back to recent headlines, you know that many investors had concerns. You know, we have all kind of things that over the last few years that have come up on the headlines, like China's slowing economy, <clears throat> falling oil prices, um, interest rates. Uh, you know, the uncertainty about that, the, the Brexit, as mm-hmm. you mentioned, John, you know, topping the list of investors' worries. And that growing list, you know, of all kinds of things just continues on and on. It never goes away. Um, so it's important not to let the noise steer you off course from a well-reasoned and disciplined investment plan. Do, do, would you agree that you could go through any year over the last hundred and you could list off all of the issues and fears? Exactly. Yeah, there were always. I mean, you look at some of the best years in the market, like, you know, I mean, 2009 was a great recovery. Mm-hmm. There was all there were all kind of concerns yep. in 2009 coming out of that. 2013, the, the, the budget battles in right. Washington. So. Every, even the great years in the market have major, major concerns out there. Yeah, so Steve, you mentioned one of the issues this year has been China. That's what, why it started off so difficult and also slowing growth. And, and really that was um, as a result of the oil price and the concern that it, it was, you know, the reflecting it had so much on the outlook of the U.S. and the world economies. And um, some people thought the markets were a little bit expensive at the end of last year. And, you know, so it wouldn't be surprising to see markets, you know, do some changes here, um, you know, closer to the long-term valuation averages. But, you know, if you if you think – we think the markets are healthy um, and going through these, you know, events where they go down periodically, it's cleansing for the markets to undergo that every so often. We think it's healthy. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going into a recession and it, it doesn't mean that there's going to be a repeat of 2008. It's just the process that the markets have to go through every now and then to shake out some of the excesses. So we view them as opportunities. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I mean, when you're dollar cost averaging or putting money in the market, it helps when you have volatility because mm-hmm. you're able to buy some shares at lower prices. Yeah, and while the markets constantly adjust to economic changes, volatility is expected. You know, that's going to continue. The truth is no one can predict with any degree of certainty what will happen to the markets over the next week, month, or even year. I mean, short-term swings, they're driven by investors' emotions. And they often get exaggerated in both directions before rational thinking wins out. Investors who act on their fears, they often do so at their own peril. For instance, I mean, those who withdrew their money from the market in the first two months of this year, they were on the sidelines, Mm -hmm. you know, most likely. And we saw some of that. And the same thing with Brexit here just Mm -hmm. a few months ago. Um, People missed that upswing if they they bailed out of the market. And we, we see people that... That do that. Yeah, Steve, we've talked about this before. I think we mentioned it uh, last week about the Dalbar study. Uh, you know, this study shows that the average um, investor who has tried to time the market has lagged over 1, 5, 10, 20, and 30-year time periods. And since 1994, this Dalbar study <clears throat> excuse me, has measured the effects of the investor decisions to move in and out of the mutual funds over short and long time frames. And the results show that those uh, investors are inconsistent. I mean, they've earned less than what um, the markets have have earned over those time. And, you know, the most recent addition as of 2000, 
15 noted that 20 year the 20 year annualized S&P 500 return um, through 2014 was about close to 10 percent but the average investor only made about 5.2 percent so almost a four and a half percent difference over 20 years see that's the difference wow. between a comfortable retirement and a retirement that you're going to struggle or have to work longer that's exactly I mean, right. that is a big big number so short shorter term investors more likely to see their investments lose value. I mean, there are some volatility in there. In fact, history has shown that positive outcomes occur much more often than, uh, you know, over longer periods of time than shorter ones. So as an example, if you look back at, back at the past eight decades, the S&P 500 has gone up and down, you know, each year. Um, in fact, 24% of those years over 80 have been negative. Um, however, 76% have been positive. So That's right. the markets are going to go down on an annual basis periodically. You just have to plan for that. You have to build that into your into your plan. However, over longer time periods, it's much more favorable. Yeah, that's exactly right. When you start looking over longer time periods, I mean, the greater the chances of a positive result. Over the past 82 years, in fact, John, through December of last year, 100% of the 20-year periods have been positive. 100? 100%, all of them. All the 20-year periods. Now, that doesn't mean it couldn't happen in the future, but historically it has not happened. Historically it hasn't. So, I mean, you've got to know that your odds are greatly in your favor that if you have a 20-year time horizon, even if you're retired, you probably have a 20-year time horizon. You're not going to pull all your money out the day you retire, mm -hmm. right? So you have some time. You know, so assume a reasonable amount of risk and recognize that you're going to end up probably positive over 20 years. How about five years? Yeah, five years is still a 90% probability according to history that 90 percent of the periods have been positive over five years that's amazing I mean, it really is it really is i mean that just goes to show you know the stock market goes up most of the time mm -hmm. over time so it's not you know the, we're not in a new phase <clears throat> most likely chances are that things are going to turn around and, and you'll you'll see a positive result over time if you just give yourself some time that's right so you know so what we're saying here um to, to our listeners, and we talk to our clients about this as well, is the more time you have to invest, the more opportunity to ride out these market cycles. So many retirees would say had started investing at a younger age, and it's likely, it's unlikely that anyone re regrets starting early. A uh, survey recently of Americans 50 years and older um, about how they viewed their uh, investment philosophy, and most of them said they wish they had started to, to invest um, uh, earlier. So Steve, you know, a lot of people come into our office and they say, well, I have two years before I retire, so I'm going to go super conservative. Well, right. if you think about their retirement horizon, most people are living 20 to 30 years in retirement. So that really is their investment horizon. And then for clients in their 80s, many of them are not spending their money and you start looking at their kids investment horizon so that's right you know, and it's not to say that if you're taking money out you shouldn't take less risk mm -hmm. it does affect your risk level but it doesn't mean you you put it all in fixed income either right you know you still need some growth you need to keep up with inflation as well as produce the income you need in retirement yeah i mean daily quarterly even yearly returns they shouldn't distract a long-term investor so while looking at the short-term results can be uncomfortable frustrating 
We know that, um, especially during these volatile periods we've seen this past year. The long-term results can make those relatively brief jolts more tolerable if you have the ability to look long-term and be patient. So, you know, it might be easier to stay the course if you maintain that long-term perspective regardless of the world events in the changing markets, think of it as kind of one leg of your long-distance run. Yeah. You know, this is a marathon. That's this right. isn't a sprint. That's right. right. And, you know, <clears throat> we talked about technology earlier. You know, turning off the TV likely will make it easier to get through those volatile periods. I mean, there's so much negative press out there. Every single day, there's negative. Very few positive things. We talk about capitalism. I, we meet with people. We have clients in the medical field. I mean, the technology that's happening in medical is, is amazing. Manufacturing is. is being changed with 3D printing, right? It is amazing. I mean, I mean there's so the, much technology <laughs> that's changing with robotics and self-driving yeah. cars. and Yeah, it changed the oil industry with it fracking. Did. It did in so, just a matter of a few years. So technology is continuing to increase and continuing to go forward. So we're we're very positive um, on capitalism, you know, going forward. So um, right. anyway, stay the course, have a long-term view on this, and you can you can be successful with it. Yeah, great, great topic. Okay, we're going to finish up here with the prescription of the week. Yeah, this has to do with checking your, your credit report, and we talk about this probably annually because it's called annualcreditreport.com. That's true. Go check it out. You can see a lot of times there's mistakes on there. Um, there may be accounts that are still open that you need to close, misreported information. You can go check the three credit agencies and make sure that your credit report is accurate. Again, it's called annualcreditreport.com. And it's totally free. It is if free. If you get on one of those websites that ask you to pay money to get it, yeah, don't, don't do it. Do it. Yep. Just go to annualcreditreport.com, get your free credit report, look at all three of them. Look for any suspicious activity that's yep. been going on in your accounts. Okay, well, that's this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next Saturday from uh, on Money MD for a podcast to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Do check us on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions at info at moneymd.net or give us a call, Richard Young Associates, 706 739 0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Have a good one.